Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text is the Gospel reading. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus, whatever Mary had planned, it couldn't have been as difficult as what the angel proclaimed. Now, now, every Jewish girl's hopes and dreams was to be the mother of the Messiah, nursing that uh, suckling Savior. But uh, uh, it's just that the how isn't what anyone expected, even Mary. So uh, let's take our front row seats, shall we, at the visitation at uh, the angel Gabriel's visit with Mary. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Greetings, not a very good translation. Uh, actually, what the angel says here is it, it, not a howdy or hello or hi. Rejoice! It's the same word that Paul uses in Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And so the angel here leads with J-O-Y, joy. But Mary doesn't have joy, joy, joy down in her heart, even though she just had those words, favored one, stuffed into her ears. Here's the thing, and you know this, I know this. Being the favorite isn't always very comforting. Uh, the favorite target for the bully in school. <laughs> the favorite guy at the office the boss dumps more and more work on. The favorite one in the family that's just, you know, expected to do all the heavy lifting without a thank you. Being the favored one to God isn't for Mary uh, necessarily a comforting thought. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Now, Mary doesn't have to you know, scratch her head and ask that you know, very Lutheran question, what does this mean, very long, okay? She doesn't have to do that. The angel spills the beans and unpacks this greeting for her. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Uh, some kind of favoritism, eh? <laughs> Whatever Mary had planned, whew, throw that out the window. Shred it. So long, sayonara. Uh, she's going to have a baby out of wedlock. That's, that's, that's like a, a life changer. <laughs> and, and not just in 
ordinary baby. Now, now, now you mommies might think your child is divine, and that, and that, is, that is fine, okay? But this child is divine. God in her womb. And he gets there without the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. Doesn't need any of that. So how in the world is Mary going to share this news with Joseph? How is he going to hear this news? Hey, hey, honey, there's a bun in the oven. He's going to think another guy is involved. That's reasonable. There hasn't been a woman up to this point in history who has conceived a child without the help of a man. So what will Joseph do? Will he shame her, shun her, stone her? I mean, that option is on the table according to the law of God. What will her family think? Hmm? How will the family take this news? Will they distrust her, disown her, desert her? Is there going to be anyone for Mary? Anyone who, who understands her, sees her, gets her, comes alongside her to, to walk with her? Or is she just going to be you know, all alone these nine months, except for that you know, dirty look from a neighbor? When Mary looks into the future, it's quite, quite possible that all she sees are crickets and critics. That's it. There is uh, so much that's unknown, lots of unpredictability. Mary just wants to know the how. How is this going to happen? Please, please tell me. And, the, and Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? How will this be? Mary is not doubting the angel's words here. She is curious, not furious. She just wants to know the how. I mean, can you, can you blame her? I, I can't. She's a virgin. She knows that a virgin and mother, they don't go together. Dear friends, I would like to uh, suggest that we don't always pull a Mary when we get a message that, you know, just throws a monkey wrench into our plans. More furious, less curious. Words have been spoken to you and to me that get us firing off this question, how can this be? How can this be? Now, I don't think uh, any of you ladies out there had a knock on the door one day, and uh, there's an angel holding balloons in one hand and a cake in the other, and uh, this angel named Gabriel says, uh, you're going to be God's mommy. <laughs> but we have all had those moments, those words spoken that changed our lives, that turned everything on its head. Words that hit the eardrum and got us beating the war drum. Or maybe those words actually just, you know, made us feel numb. So numb. Agenda-altering accidents. Dream-destroying diagnosis. Schedule-shattering statement. 
Life change in the blink of an eye. Just like that. Everything changed. And there's no way to go back to how things used to be. We can't. Everything we thought we knew questioned. So many doubts. The rug pulled out from underneath us. We are just so, in those moments, discombobulated, confused, disoriented. Here's your two weeks' notice. How can this be? You're not accepted to this college, this, this university. How can this be? Your, your parent only has months to live. How can this be? Here's your diagnosis. Clinically depressed. How can this be? I don't, I don't love you anymore. How can this be? Derailing. Destabilizing. Disrupting. All it takes is one word or one sentence. And our lives are changed forever, turned on their heads. A path is carved out for us, a whole new one. A new one for us to, to walk in, whether we like it or not, just like it was for Mary. But unlike Mary, so often we shout and we pout and we scream, how can this be? Now what? Who's going to understand me? Who's going to get me? Be by my side. Walk with me. Support me. Who has ever gone through something like this? My plans? Shot. Gone to pot. I just want things the way they used to be. Now there's only darkness. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm all alone. Dear friends, like Mary, when our plans are blown, we are never, ever alone. Ever alone. Whenever our plans get, get turned upside down, and we think, well, we, we're not going to get through it. There's Jesus. He comes. He advents. Our Emmanuel, God with us, God, comes alongside us, and, and, and he gets it. He gets it. More than that, he has already gone through it. Now the angel here assures Mary that her baby bump is God's promise that no bump in her life will ever end her life. Everything serves God's purpose for Mary. And through the everything, Mary isn't going to be alone. Even, even here in this moment, Mary is not alone. You heard the angel Gabriel. The Lord is with you. The Lord's with you. Now, the Lord was always with Mary up to this point. But now the Lord is going to be with her in a brand new, never-before way in the history of the world. And the angel answered her, 
The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Now, here is the moment of conception. You know Marty Luther. Good old Marty Luther. You know, we're named after him. Okay, you should probably know that. Okay. Marty Luther, he says in one of his sermons that through the angel Gabriel's sermon, God takes up residence in Mary. Now, that is good news. Now the world is not as cold and callous as we thought it was. We're not alone in the universe. God is with us, and not just with us, he is now one with us, standing in solidarity with you and with me, bone of our bone, flesh of our flesh. And he gathers to himself a whole new family, so that we're not just, you know, with Jesus, we're with a whole new family, brothers and sisters all around, contained in the womb of Mary. See, it's Jesus who will, who will father a whole new humanity that will be released from sin, from death, and from Satan's captivity. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Just, you know, pre-gaming a little bit here for tonight. Okay, okay. It's not so doomy and gloomy, dear friends, when things get topsy-turvy. We are children of the Most High God. The future is brighter than we knew. There is light at the end of the tunnel, because we're not alone. The gift of this baby boy is the gift of someone who gets it. The gift of someone who has experienced all of life and all of death and won so that God's plans for us are never, ever done. They're never done. God's plan for Jesus gives us the how for how we will make it when our plans go to pot or are shot. And we, and we shout and pout, no way, no how. What may look like nothing but impossibility for you and for me is only possibility for our God. The sign that nothing is too hard for our God is, get this, a senior citizen woman. Oh, not just a senior citizen, a pregnant senior citizen woman. Who would have ever thought? Listen, listen to the angel. This is amazing news. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. <coughs> For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Even though this is incomprehensible, Mary believes the impossible is possible. Nothing too hard for God. The proof? The sign? The pregnant senior citizen relative, Elizabeth. 
But even there is the proof, right? That bun in her oven. A pregnant granny? A pregnant virgin? Nothing too hard for our God. So whenever you find yourself throwing your arms up in the air and saying, how can this be? Hear Jesus say to you, been there, done that. Been there, done that. From womb to tomb, Jesus has experienced all that we could ever experience. All of it. All that life throws at us. The tempters, tactics, being misunderstood by folks, parched lips, hungry tum-tums, headaches and heartaches, the elements that are outside, the frigid weather, the hot weather, funerals for friends and family members and neighbors, Abandoned by those who said, I love you. Vulnerability. Shamed and blamed. And of course, his own death and dying. All that makes us feel lost, less than, lowly, all that makes us feel unlovable, alone. Jesus suffered on the Friday that we call good. And most importantly, he suffered for our sin. All that alienates us from God. He suffered our sin to death, buried in a borrowed grave. But he who knows and knew no sin himself can't be held down, can't be pinned down by death. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Jesus, he burst forth from the open, empty tomb, breaking the bars of death, shattering that icy, cold grip that the grave had on humanity, so that now the future is wide open for you and for me. The future, it's a future where life and love and laughter wins, a future with no dead ends, a future where everything works for the plans and purposes that God has for us, even though we can't fully comprehend that one, a future where we're not alone, we get to walk with brothers and sisters, a future that has resurrection and life everlasting, a future in which into which Jesus walks with us. You, you heard what the angel told Mary, the Lord, the Lord is with you. Do you know that God sends you a messenger today? Not Gabriel, uh, pretty goofy guy wearing this uh, poncho here. His name's Aaron. And this messenger, he says to you, the Lord be with you. Not once, not twice, but three times in the divine service. It's like the Lord really wants us leaving this place called grace, knowing that he goes with us. Before the Lord's word, the Lord be with you. 
Before the Lord's Supper, the Lord be with you. Before the Lord's blessing, benediction, the Lord be with you. The Lord's words put into our ears, the Lord's body and blood put into our mouths, the Lord's blessing, his name put on our foreheads. We are not alone. The Lord is with us. And this Lord, he knows and understands all that you're going through and all that I'm going through because he's already gone through it. And he lives. We shall live too. We are going to make it. We collectively are going to make it. See, not only do we get the gift of Jesus who gets it, but also the gift of others who get it so that we never, ever quit. Dear friends, it's so easy to miss the gift that Elizabeth was to Mary. So easy. I never really saw this until this year. Two mommies having miracle babies at the same time. Mary, not alone. God sends Elizabeth to Mary to walk with her, be with her, support her. Here is a woman who can look at Mary, and, and, and she sees Mary. She understands what Mary is going through. Not alone. And God sends to us at this place called Grace, Elizabeth's to walk with us, who get us, who understand us. Now, where I really see this, folks, is with Grief Share. With Grief Share. We have folks who come to Grief Share, they have suffered a horrible loss in their life a spouse, a child, a family member, a friend. And they often come feeling so alone thinking, no, no one sees me, no one understands these tears. It's so dark for me, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I'm so alone. And during those 13 weeks with Grief Share, the loneliness lessens, and their tears are different. They, they still have tears, but they're not lonely tears anymore. They're, they're understood tears. Understood tears. I know that someone sees me, understands me, sees my tears. I know I'm not alone for my remaining years. God granted that this congregation is just, you know, bursting at the seam with Elizabeth, filled with Elizabeth. May this congregation, God granted, be a place where all of these Elizabeths are, are raised up and that we come alongside our brothers and sisters in the faith, and we put our arms around them, and we say, you're not alone. You're not alone. I get it. I've been in a similar situation, a similar place. I, I kind of understand what you're going through. You're not alone. What a joy that, that we are together. And how thankful I am that it's not just me who is here to get you, to understand you and, and you me. But he, he 
gets us. He gets it. He gets us. Our lives are in those nail-scarred hands of Jesus, and nothing known will snatch us out of those hands. We are safe and sound. We are secure. He will carry us through this suffering into glory that has no end. Everything is going to be okay. The future is bright. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Nothing is impossible for our God. We will see that together. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen.